0: Friends and partners of Kevin Inman Ministries present Contenders Radio with Pastor Kevin Inman. Pastor Kevin is committed to equipping you to earnestly contend for the faith. For more information on Pastor Kevin and Contenders Radio, please visit our website at www.kevininman.org. That's www.kevininman.org.
1: Hello and welcome back to Contenders Radio. This is Pastor Kevin Enman, and today we're going to continue our discussion from the last episode about... The put-off, put-on dynamic. We're talking about what we're to do with habitual sin. Now, the obvious answer that we should all understand, we should all know already, we should realize as Christians is that when we sin, we are to repent. So what do you do with sin? You repent of sin. You turn from that sin, asking God to forgive you. And yet, it's so often that we find that there are Christians who um, deal, who struggle with some particular sin or sins in their life, and it f- seems as if they're continually going back and asking the Lord to forgive them. They're going back repenting again and again, and And we're not saying that everyone who sins is no longer a Christian, right? Um, that would be just real easy to be able to say that just in a black and white fashion and be done. Because the reality is, the Bible tells us that even as Christians, that we do sometimes sin. Now, that is not a license to sin, as we've said before, oftentimes, on Contenders Radio. So please understand that, that we're not giving any Christian a license to sin. Uh, Romans chapter 6, start at verse 1, and there's a good argument, a good reason, a good biblical defense of why we cannot excuse sin in our life. What shall we say? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? The answer is no, a definitive, bold no. We absolutely do not continue on in our sin, but just know that we in Christ still are living in this flesh, in this body here on planet Earth, and uh, we still are entangled with the remnants of the flesh. And folks, the flesh wages war against us. Constantly. In fact, 1 John chapter 1 tells us, verse 8 and 9 if we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him um, a liar and his word is not in us. So that was verse 10. Also, I continued on there. But folks, the reality is that even Christians sin. Now for a Christian, sin should be something we fall into, we stumble into. It should not be something that defines us and sin absolutely should not be something that we run towards, that we, um, that we plan and scheme in order to do. Sin should be accidental, if you will. And yet we still see that in Christ, those of us who are here alive, we still find ourselves struggling. So let me just encourage you today, you're not alone. Um, Again, that's not a license nor an excuse, but I just want you to know that that you're not alone in the struggle, that Christians struggle with this. All Christians struggle with this. And don't let anyone fool you. For any Christian to say that they no longer sin well folks um, they're sinning in that phrase they're lying, uh, maybe they're misguided, but folks they are they're lying because uh, we all sin and so uh, again, just know we're not excusing it we're not we're not seeking a way to to minimize it. We agree that sin is atrocious it's an affront to our holy God, and it should have no part in us and as we as we discovered last time on contenders' radio at part one of the put off put on dynamic, we saw in the book of Romans that That we do not have to sin Verse 12 Romans chapter 6 Tells us that We are to consider, excuse me, in verse 11, we're to consider ourselves dead to sin but alive to God. So we've got to get some thinking involved. We've got to have some volition, some will involved here. Verse 12 says, therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lust. So he's commanding us not to sin, not to allow sin to reign in our bodies. And so we know that if the Lord commands us to do something, that he will also... uh, Excuse me, he will He will never command us to do something that we are incapable of. Now, we are incapable of sinning, or excuse me, no, we're incapable of not sinning, rather, in our own strength, okay? But we are capable of not sinning in the power of God's Holy Spirit. So remember, wherever God leads us, when he commands us to do something, he will give us the power through Um, himself, through Christ in us, the hope of glory, through God's Holy Spirit that resides in us and seals us, he will give us the power not to sin. And we know that in Christ, there's no condemnation. Romans chapter eight, verse one, there is now no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ. So our sin in Christ will, again, not to excuse it, just speaking of the reality that it exists, but that sin will not separate us from um, our eternal destiny of being one with the Lord. It will not. It will not um, cause us to miss heaven. Now, again, let's go back to to uh, Ephesians. This is where we left off last time. Back to Ephesians chapter four, and let's pick back up here, chapter four, verse twenty-two, and let's look some more at this dynamic. Knowing uh, again that habitual sin is very difficult because. We often just respond automatically. We respond wrongly without really giving it thought – and that's why we're saying we have to engage Our thinking we don't want stinking Thinking we have to set our minds on things above Which we'll, we'll talk about here in a little bit As well but we also Discovered as you're, as you're opening up to Ephesians chapter 4 we're also going to Just remember that last time we said That the word of God is available to help us uh, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 And God's Holy Spirit takes up Residence in us John chapter 16 Verses 7 and 8 God's Holy Spirit convicts us of our Sins and as we saw in first. John, just a moment. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sin... Verse 9, he is faithful, meaning God is faithful and just or righteous. He's the righteous one, the just one. But he's faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So that, folks, is something that is attainable. So we must work to that end. We must work. And here is one very um, definitive way in which we can work on that very thing of becoming holy as he is holy. We have to apply this principle to our lives. Put off, put on dynamic, as J. Adams and others in the biblical counseling world have so labeled. But this ideal of putting off and putting on, we're to put off those things that are of the flesh, of our old self, our old nature, and we're to put on those things that are of the spirit of our new nature. So Ephesians chapter 4, let's read again, verses 20, 20, Excuse me, 22 through 24. In him, or rather that in him, in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit. And that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and you put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. And so we see here in verses 22 and 24 primarily the put off, put on dynamic. So, verse 22, we put off the lust, the deeds of the flesh. We put on, verse 24, the new self and those things uh, of righteousness, holiness, and truth. But right in the middle of that is verse 23. And verse 23 says, And that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So, Again, I know some of this is review from last time, and if you didn't hear the last episode, I would encourage you to go back and to take a listen to that uh, prior episode. It was from January 31st, 2019, if memory serves. But I just want to encourage you to change your thinking, stinking Thinking will lead us to unholy, ungodly living. It will lead us to live in such a way that we bring glory and honor to ourselves, uh, but pridefully, um, and we we do not bring glory and honor to God. But our thoughts are so important; they they steer our actions. You know that to be true as we as we think. And in fact, the scripture say, as a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. And we know that to be the reality. As we begin to think, then we begin to live out those thoughts. And that's why we must take every thought captive and we must change our thinking. We must be renewed in the spirit of our mind. Verse twenty. Three. so we absolutely must do this this is important it's extremely important that we do so so we put off and then we put on well last time we were we ran out of time before we could move on to verse 25 and following and so what paul does here is he gives us some very practical examples of what we of what we are to put off and what we are to put on and so that's what i would like for us to spend a little bit of time looking at here this morning and as we do let me just remind you that uh, in Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, this epistle, this letter is written in such a way with a structure of the first three chapters being very doctrinal, very theological. He's telling us what to believe, what to think, and then chapters 4, 5, and 6 tell us something very practical how we live out our life based on what we think and what we believe and folks it is exactly what's being talked about here in verses 22 23 and 24 he says we need to set our minds we need to renew the spirit of our mind on these types of things doctrine theology these things that are true about god these things that are true about ourselves and then verse uh, chapters 4 5 and 6 really tell us How to live that out. And so here in chapter four, verse twenty-six, or excuse me, twenty-five, he gives us now some examples. So listen to verse twenty-five. Therefore, laying aside falsehood. So right there from the get-go, he shows us what to put off. We have to put off falsehood. We have to lay aside lying um white lies black lies whatever shade of a lie it might be it's still a lie and we're to put it off we're to lay aside falsehood and then he says the next phrase speak truth uh, each one of you with his neighbor for we are members of one another so he tells us to put off lying but then to put on truth to put on proper speech speech that is honest and forthright and so very clearly again we put off the bad speech the lying we put on the good speech the truth telling you see how simple this is <laughs> now it's not as simple to live out but we can do it my friends listen we can absolutely do it and as we renew our mind this will become um this will begin to be i want to say our you know our second nature as the phrase goes but folks listen we have a new nature and so this becomes The fruit of our new nature. The old us is gone second corinthians five seventeen we've buried that old, and we've we've now been uh, risen in the newness of life and and folks that's what baptism is symbolic of the old us being dead and buried, and the new us in Christ Jesus being risen up from that water, which you know symbolically being risen up from the dead and so we see we bury the lies we we now begin to speak truthfully verse twenty six says "Be angry and do not sin." Don't let the sin go down on your anger and do not give the devil an opportunity. So here he tells us you know, not to be sinfully angry, wrongly angry. All anger is not bad. And some of you are thinking, yes, we've got one. We've got an escape here. Well, hold on. All anger is not bad. Only a righteous anger, a righteous indignation is acceptable to to be angry about the things that upset the Lord God, namely sin <laughs> okay sin is is upsetting to the lord and so we we are not to be angry wrongfully so he says be angry and yet do not sin so so don't be wrongfully angry but be uh, angry in a, in a, in a godly way. I know that just even sounds strange to say, but, but folks, that's the reality. Um, we, we, we're not to be wrongly angry. So, so how can we just very easily, very simply talk about what is a wrong anger? And, and maybe this would be a great, uh, entire episode one day, but, but let me just say that, that any, Time that we're upset because our rights have been infringed upon, our wants, our desires, our um, expressed needs, or e- even our unexpressed needs, or our so-called needs. But but when when our rights have been infringed upon and we become angry, folks, I I would just say that 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 is a that is a, a sinful anger because we're 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 expecting something else and we're getting. Uh, the the wrong thing we're getting or we're not getting you know anything we're not getting what we what we think we deserve that sort of thing but a, a righteous anger may be um, the indignation just over sin now hopefully it's over our sin that we would be that we would be uh, upset over our own sin, but folks also think about things in the world, such as um, the the slaughter of babies. And in 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 our country, in the United States, uh, we've now had several states voting. To allow the murder of babies after, you know, right up to the time of birth and and just after birth, uh, several of the states are are working towards and folks, listen, I I keep saying murder because that's what it is. Abortion is murder. And that should that should um, that that. I think that kind of indignation being upset with that I think that would be more in the being angry and not sinning. Um God God does not like sin and God um commands us against murder the the shedding of innocent blood and and folks that's that's exactly what's happening with abortion. And some people would say that, you know, and again this is not the the point of the whole episode but just carrying out this line of thinking. Uh, for a woman to have the right to choose is there. And, and let me just say, and now hear me out. Don't stop before you hear me out. A woman does have the right to choose, but know that you're choosing to murder. It's legal right now, sadly, to for a woman to choose that. But that choice doesn't mean that it's right and holy and godly and just. The fact that you have a choice to sin does not negate the fact that you are sinning. And murder is always wrong, it's always sinful, and to take the life of a of an infant of a child folks that is that's not a glob, that's not an alien, it's not subhuman unhuman, inhuman, it is a human being, and so you can probably hear my uh indignation coming out but let's let's continue all right so verse 20, uh, 28 excuse me says he who steals there's the the uh, he says he who steals must steal no longer. All right. So there's the put off. If you have stolen in the past, now that you're a new creation in Christ Jesus, you're a Christian, you're now to stop stealing. And and here's what it says. But rather, he must labor, performing with his own hands what is good, so that he will have something to share with one who has need. So... Put off the stilling and now put on manual labor, actually working for what you are trying to acquire. You don't just take it. You are supposed to what? You're supposed to work for what you have. And that's that's something, again, um, put off, put on. We see another example very practically. Verse 29, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth. So here again, back to our speaking Or verse 25 talked about laying aside the falsehood, the lying, but rather speak truthfully. And verse 29 says, let no unwholesome word proceed from your own mouth. Nothing corrupt, um, but only such a word that is good for edification according to the need of the moment so that it will give grace to those who hear it. All right. So we say put off unwholesome speech, put on those things, those words that are good and edifying. And the reason, this even gives us a reason. It's not simply that. That's what we're commanded to do, and that's what a Christian should do. But there's another reason here, so that we will be able to impart grace, to give grace to those who hear. Folks, our words are powerful. Our speech is powerful. Our language is powerful powerful and so we're to be very careful now i'm not talking about naming it and claiming it that's not at all what i'm saying i'm not talking about magic be it dark magic or white magic Uh, i'm not saying that at all i'm just saying what the scriptures say that we're to not speak poorly uh, unwholesomely but we're to speak well in an edifying way so that those edifying words can impart grace to those who hear it we want to say things that are helpful that are beneficial to the hearers. Verse 30 kind of uh, is, a, is, a, is a big summary contextual phrase here. It says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. All right, so, so we don't want to grieve God's Spirit. Now, how do we grieve God's Spirit? Folks, listen, very simply, we grieve God's Spirit when we sin that 's how we grieve god 's spirit when we are sinful verse thirty one let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice, so we put off those types of behaviors and attitudes those mindsets, and we put on verse thirty two be kind to one another tender hearted forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. so we take off those those self centered uh, malicious Angry, uh, clamoring, slanderous, um, wrathful types of attitudes and behaviors about ourselves from within. We put those things off. We bury those things. They're, they're, they're sinful. And we replace them with tenderheartedness, kindheartedness, um, forgiving one another just as God has forgiven us in Christ Jesus. Can you imagine a holy God, a perfect God sent his only son That whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He did this while we were yet sinners. While you and I were steeped in our sin. Even as David says in Psalm 139, steeped in sin at birth. And yet Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. He became the propitiation, the divine satisfaction for our sins. Praise God for that. And so what do we do? Well, chapter 5 verse 1 says, Therefore... In light of this reality, in light of these truths that we've just talked about, now be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love. So again, here are commands. This has to do with that put-off, put-on dynamic. We're to walk in love as imitators of God because Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. That's chapter 5, verse 2. And then he lists some more things in verse three and following: immorality, impurity, greed. All of those things are to be put away. They're not even to be named among you, as is proper for the saints. There must be no filthiness, no silly talk or coarse jesting, which are not fitting. But rather, the giving of thanks. So we put off those things, those behaviors, those thoughts, intentions, those 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 uh, types of speech, and we put on thanksgiving. We we must realize, folks, that we are not the same in Christ, and therefore our thoughts, our words, our deeds should look different. He goes on in verse uh, 8 of chapter 5 that we're to realize we uh, were formerly of the darkness, but now we're to walk um as children of light we are now light in the lord so we walk as light so so what do we do now this is something we're putting on we're putting on this mindset the truth the reality that we are children of the light we're children of god we're different and so um, verse 11 says and do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness so we're not to we're not to participate in evil things and dark things. We're not to go along with those evil things. And, and he goes on to tell us at the end of verse 11, we're, we're not to participate in unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead we're to expose them. So it's not simply enough just not to do those things. We're also to expose the dark Things, the sinful things. And folks, that is something that I think more Christians need to be involved in doing so that we can obey the Lord's teaching primarily, but also it will be beneficial to the hearers. Some people are deceived. Yes, I know there are those who willfully engage in sinful behavior and activity, but many people are deceived and they don't know um, that a particular thing might be sinful. Uh, now again, that's hard for us to fathom. We have the mind of Christ now, but many people aren't exercising the the that primary muscle, the muscle of their intellect, their mind. Many people aren't aren't reading, and and folks, let me just let me just step back here for a second and say, listen, if we want to obey God in these matters, we have to be in God's word. We have to be in God's word so that we know what is good and what is evil. How, uh, just far be it from us that we would call evil good and good evil. We want to say that these things are evil because God says they're evil. It's not about my preferences. It's not about my, uh, particular sin preferences. It's about what God has said. And folks, if God has called something evil, then, 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 then friends, listen, it is evil. And we have to agree with God. Now, before we run out of time, Uh, today why don't you look at colossians chapter 3 colossians chapter 3 carries the same idea the same line of thought the same type of thinking the same principle of the put off put on dynamic is here in the sister letter Um, this um, sister letter to ephesians there they follow the same basic outline if you will so so notice uh here in chapter 3 Verse 1, he says, therefore, if you have been raised with Christ, keep seeking the things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So, Christian, you are now uh, raised with Christ. So, what we're to do is to keep seeking the heavenly things, the right things, the godly things. And how do we do that? Well, verse 2 tells us, set your mind on things above, not on the things that are on earth. Why? Because you have died, verse 3, and your life is hidden with Christ In God, Folks, listen, our life is not our own. Our life is now hidden with Christ in God. We belong to Christ. We belong to the Father. We belong to our God. And so what are we to do? We're to live in such a way that we honor him. That's what we're to do. And so because we're Christians, we have a command. We have something to do. We are to actively now, because this is an action word, set your mind on things above. Not on things of the earth. So do think about good, godly, heavenly things. Do not think about earthy, sinful, dark things. You see how we're to be involved in this? We have to engage. Just like um, Ephesians 4.23. We're to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. Colossians 3.2 tells us, set your mind on things above. Don't set your mind on earthy things. And then if you jump down to verse uh, 5... He says, therefore, consider. So here we go. How do we consider something? We think about it. We mull it over in our mind. So we consider the members of our earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire and greed, which amounts to idolatry. And here's why. Because of these things, verse 6, the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. And in them you also once walked when you were living in them. But now... All right, thank God for these buts in scripture b u t amen because now we're different now we're in Christ now we've been seated in the heavenlies with Christ. Now our mind is to be set on heavenly things, not on earthy things. so verse five again, we are to consider to think about the fact that our bodies our our brains, our eyes, our ears, our tongues, our hands, our feet, nothing that makes us who we are, no part of our body. Is held captive to the bonds of sin any longer we have been set free, and it's not just for freedom's sake in and of itself it's so that we can live a life that glorifies God, and so we're to put off those sinful things and verse nine of a of uh, excuse me of Colossians chapter three says that we're to not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices folks you know why we christians continue to sin because we have not laid aside the old self some day we wake up um maybe some evening what whatever it might be but there there comes a day in the life of of each of us as christians when we do sin what's happening is that we have picked up that monkey on our back, we, we've we gone back to that flesh, we've given in to the temptation, and we, we have failed to lay aside that old self with its evil practices. And verse 10 tells us here in Colossians 3, he says, First, lay aside the old self with its evil practice and put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. Folks, listen, that renewal takes place not simply in our spirit but also in our mind. You see how these two passages parallel one another? Colossians 3 um, and then Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 and following. Friends, listen, this battle that's going on inside of us that's waging war inside of us is a battle that we have been destined to win. Do you hear that? We've been destined to win. The Lord has already said that victory is ours. Why? Because he has already won the victory. It's not that we're winning the victory. Christ Jesus has already won the victory. How did he do it? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God won the battle. God won the battle. Ephesians, excuse me, Romans chapter 5, verse 6 says, While we were still helpless at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Goes on in verse 8, God demonstrated his love towards us in this, that while we were yet sinners... Christ died for us. Much more, verse 9, having been justified by his blood. Do you see that? It's not our works. It's not being baptized or saying the right prayer. Our works don't save us. We're justified. We're made right before God by the blood of Jesus Christ. It was what Jesus did in giving himself for us that has saved us. He has done the heavy lifting. He has done the hard work. He's the one who's gone to task and he is the one who won the victory. He has won the victory. And yet we are still living out now in this life, in this body, we're living out battle upon battle upon battle. But, folks, you need to know the end. You need to remember the end, that we will be set free from this body of sin, this fleshly, um, lustful uh, old us. We will finally one day be set free. We will. And so, friends, right now, know that these habitual sins must be put off. We have to renounce them. We have to repent of them. We have to turn from them. And now we have to put on new thinking, new habits, new behavior. Your new speech. When sinful ways of thinking and responding have become habitual for us, folks, you can't just confess it and move on. You have to confess it and you have to replace it, you have to change the pattern. The sinful habit, the sinful pattern must be replaced with a righteous habit and a righteous pattern. We're to put off the old and we're to put on the new, the biblical antidote. We're to think differently. We're to think about godly things, heavenly things, and all those examples, be it lying versus truth-telling, whatever it might be, we're to change, folks, and we're to practice and walk in that newness of life. Now, friends, listen, God will never ask us to do something that he does not give us the grace to carry out. So we can do this. I can do it and you can do it because of Christ in us, the hope of glory. So what do we do? We have to pray. We have to be in his word. We need to surround ourselves with other Christians who will hold us accountable to a holy, righteous lifestyle. So what about you, friend? What specific sins in your life need to be put off? What is their biblical antidote? What do you need to replace those sinful habits with? And and listen, this, to say it's a sinful habit, I'm not minimizing it. It is sin. We take off that sin and we have to replace it with a, a righteous, holy action or behavior, lifestyle, word, thought, whatever it might be. But, friends, we must do it. So, My prayer for us today is that we would all go to God's word, that we would be praying to the father, that he would convict us of our sins, our sinful habits, our unrighteousness, that we would put those things aside, that we would put them off and pray that God gives us each the grace to put on the new habits to replace those sinful ways. Now, may God bless you in your pursuit of the truth in your pursuit of holiness and ultimately in your pursuit of him. God bless.
0: Thanks for listening to today's broadcast of Contenders Radio with Pastor Kevin Inman. For more information on this or other broadcasts, please log on to our website, ContendersRadio.com. That's ContendersRadio.com. You can also find us on the web at KevinInman.org. That's KevinInman.org. There you will find podcast episodes, blog posts, study helps, and more. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you in your pursuit of the truth.